Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest, I'm really excited about because she is in my area and in industry in the IT space. And um, there's so few women in the IT space that I love, absolutely love talking with women, uh, especially a leader such as herself. So today's guest guest is Joseph Ishman, and she's a seasoned IP. IT professional with over 25 years of experience and seven years in the C-suite. Today, Joseph is the Deputy Chief Information Officer at a local government agency in her community. She's also the first woman of color to hold this position. In this role, Joseph oversees the agency's IT operations, network service, service desktop, and telecommunications department. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. Wow, I'm so excited to have you here. So you are holding some pretty high positions uh, for a woman executive, a woman in IT, and also a woman of color. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got into this industry. How, you know, what, what drew you to this industry and how you decided to continue to you know, climb the corporate ladder and become a CIO? Right. So... I actually started my career as a corporate trainer working for Catapult, which is an IBM uh, subsidiary. And it was through my training at Catapult that I was introduced to the local government that I'm working for now. I also uh, was a computer teacher at, I don't know if many of you remember this, uh, Drake Business School, and they had a commercial that would say, hey, Drake, give me a break. So I also (laughs) taught, that that goes way back. So I also taught uh, computer classes there at Drake as well. But let me just talk a little bit about, you know, how I got into local government. So coming to the agency that I currently work for, I actually started out as the help desk analyst. And I was hired uh, there back in 2000 for the purpose of conducting ground back sessions to the employees because they had just recently transitioned from a very old infrastructure to using new technologies such as Office products and Windows NT. And conducting those ground back sessions, I was able to gain the, the trust of the leadership team. And so they saw something in me probably that something that I didn't see at the time, but I was uh, promoted into the networking group. And I, if I tell you this, Marissa, from there, my career trajectory just went up. And it went up because of the support I got from senior level management, as well as the, my coworkers who um, continue to work with me in areas of, you know, if I needed assistance, they were willing to roll their sleeves up. And, and so moving from the network administrator, I was then promoted as a manager. And from a manager to an executive director and from an executive director to a deputy CIO. But it, it took a lot of work. And something that you said earlier in terms of there are not a lot of women in the IT world, 
And I was surrounded. I would walk into conference rooms and it would be filled with men. And a lot of them thought I was the secretary coming in to take notes or, you know, coming in to hand out um, agenda items. And, and so when I walked into the room, I could quickly uh, determine who had the respect for a woman in that type of position. So let's be honest, right? Um, you know, oftentimes when women walk into conference room or boardrooms, you know, there's always the question, you know, why is she here? And what is she here? To, you know, what is she doing here? And not realizing that I am actually the person who's in charge and the person with authority to make these the decisions that's about to happen. And, you know, I have, I have a great team that, you know, I've also mentored throughout the years, but coming back to being, you know, one of the few women in the conference rooms or in the boardrooms, I, there were times where I felt as though that I had to project myself, my voice even louder and be even more forceful. And sometimes that may perceive as being a little bit over aggressive but in order for my voice to be heard in these meetings, I felt as though that I needed to project louder. And unfortunately, that's how we sometimes have to be in, in order to be heard as well as to be seen. And I'm not saying, you know, you go into these rooms and you start yelling and you start, you know, you know acting terribly, but just to project your voice in a way that it commands attention. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, it's funny because I'm actually I wrote a course, uh, Leadership for Women in Business, Soft Skills for Success. And one of the things is about projecting your voice because mm -hmm. you don't have to yell, but you right. can speak with authority in no exactly. matter what role you're in, whether you're the help desk analyst or the secretary or running a, an entire organization. You can do that. And I believe you have to, especially have as a woman. Because you exactly. said something that's that's happened so many times. You walk into a room and people make assumptions that you're the secretary, that you're mm -hmm. there to take notes, that you're there to bring them coffee. And mm -hmm. you can tell by how they speak to you, like, right. oh, are they going to have snacks in this, you know, movie in, in this uh, 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 meeting today or something? It's something. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. You got to ask the admin, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I've overseen a lot of projects at the agency, and and one of my, my biggest, uh, my biggest joy or goal or achievement, I should say, was you know during the pandemic was difficult for a lot of people, and um, not not only did I want to you know had to ensure that the technology was up, but my real strong focus was on my staff because you know. Being at home, a lot of them were, you know, single, single individuals. And I needed to make sure that they stay connected, stay connected to not just the office, because the office is still going to be there, but stay connected to someone. And I was very intentional about reaching out to every single one of my staff. And they were surprised when I called them you know, cause you know, the deputy CIO is calling me to check and see how I'm doing. And they really appreciated that. And I think in, 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 the, in society now, um, people tend to lose that human aspect of when you have that title of that role of as deputy CIO or a CISO. 
they tend to just focus on getting the job done and getting technology in place, but lose focus on the people that are around us. And it's the people that are around us that allows us to help continue to elevate. And so making sure that my staff stay connected or I stay connected to my staff, allow them to excel and allow them to do the job that I needed them to do. And that, you know, um, that they were able to stay focused and not fall into the, um, the rut of depression or the rut of, you know, oh, there's no one around me and, you know, I can't talk to anyone. And so they, they, they feel as though that they're closed in. And that's what, that's what happened during the pandemic. A lot of people uh, fell into or, or started to get depressed because they lost their job, family members, they lost family members. They didn't have anyone where they could meet up with anyone. You know, it was always either a phone call or Zoom or there was no, there was no human interaction. And so I recognized early that hmm, I need to make sure that my staff is okay. And so I, I made a conscious and, and, and intentional effort to reach each person. It didn't matter if, you know, they were my health staff, they were my Cisco team, they were on the operations team. I called each person on my 16 people at least once a week to make sure that they were okay. If it was a quick two minute call, I'd make sure that they were okay. And I wish, I wish more managers would, would have that intention and not be so focused on, okay, we have this project, it needs to get done and that's it. There are people involved and we should be more, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More compassionate towards each other. I love that. And, you know, that's an example of a great leader, someone who really cares about their staff and not just by sending emails like you mm-hmm. you touch them in a place that allowed them to stay motivated and inspired to work every day because it right. was really hard to stay focused during covid with all the chaos and all the unknown and uncertainty but you gave them a stable place you gave them the reassurance that a lot of people didn't have during that mm-hmm. time right. and and that i'm sure is very much valued by them and it's interesting because you know a lot of people are saying now when you're interviewing for jobs and stuff, you know, evaluate a company based on how they were during COVID, how they treated mm-hmm. their employees during COVID. And that mm-hmm. will definitely, I'm sure your staff definitely remembers that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that's, and that's the one thing that I want to do as, you know, as a woman is to make, and that's, you know, that's something that I pray, you know, every day is to help me to make an impact in someone else's life, not just in my inner circle, people that I know, but so maybe there's a stranger who needs help, right? That is going through something. And just a kind word for me or just a hello or a smile could just completely change how they see things. And that's what I talk about the human aspect of, of, of what's going on. You know, we tend to lose, you know, people tend to lose the human aspect of it. A smile, hello, good morning. I get on the elevator and I say, good morning. And people are shocked. It's like, this is what, well, this is how life is supposed to be. You know, it's right. not supposed to be so rigid and tunnel vision to the point where, you know, I'm about my business, but I'm forgetting the person behind. My right. motto is as I rise, I lift others up as well. I lift right. others up. So I'm not just growing and the rest is staying behind. I'm bringing you along with me. And my staff knows that. I as love well. that. 
that yeah. that is so that is so inspiring. Um, and you truly are a mentor to them, um, mm-hmm. which which that's what this show is all about is is you know having mentors available for women. Uh, and men need mentors as well. Uh, right. But you know, I focus on women because it's very rare um, to have women leaders, especially in the tech industry. Um, it sounds like th- throughout your path, you had a lot of support. You had a lot of people guiding you and taking yeah. you from a help desk, Anna. That's a big deal, right? Like I'm, I, I don't have a computer degree at all, but I've excelled in my career. Um, you, you start as a help desk analyst and and now you're a CIO. So you had a lot of support and mentors along the way. Um, who do you think was the most helpful as far as, um, being that support for you? Was it, was it a small group? Was it an individual? Was it other women? Was it other men? Like, how did you find those, uh, in your path? So the person that actually really, pushed me at the beginning. I'm not sure if I could mention names here in the, on the podcast. Can I mention names? Can I name some sure, Absolutely. People? Absolutely. I'm going to start naming people now. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so his name is, he's since then retired though, but his name is uh, John O'Callaghan. And when I worked for, as I mentioned, Catapult, which was an IBM subsidiary, um, he, I, you know, reached out to put some feelers out there and immediately he said, send your resume in and he got me in. And when I started, the woman who was in charge of HR, she was on vacation. And so when she came back from vacation, she was like, wow, you must be really um, talented because I kept getting calls while I was, while I was on vacation to hire Josette. And I wanted to know who is this Joseph person. <laughs> so it was through his, you know, his um, confidence in something that he saw in me. You know, I was very young at the time. I was in my 20s. But the, the confidence and the trust that he put in me and guided me, you know, to where I became a network administrator, to where I became a manager and then an executive director. And from those points, I had the support of the staff. So while I had my staff's back, I developed such a strong bond with them that if there was anything going on, I know that, Marissa, that if I called up one of my staff at 10 o'clock at night, he is going to pick up the phone or she's going to pick up the phone. And that's because of the trust relationship that we've developed and if there's one thing you take it that, that the listeners take away from this podcast is you have to develop a trust relationship with the people that you work with, the people that you interact with, because if there's no trust relationship, there's no growth for anyone. And so if, there, if you're in the relationship for self, there's not going to be any growth all around. But when there's trust that... I know that I can trust my staff. If they come to me and say, Joseph, you know, this is not right, X, Y, and Z, I'm going to ask some tough questions. I'm going to ask them to show me, you know, why. But at the end of the day, I'm going to trust that what they're telling me is the truth or is accurate. And so as a, as a leader, you want to develop that trust. You want to develop that bond, you know, that they trust me that if they come to me and, and to present a problem, they trust that I'm going to guide them in the right direction. And you see managers now where there's no trust with the staff. 
And so right. they don't go to that. They don't go to their managers. They don't. They don't. Um, the, the managers can't depend on them because at three o'clock, five o'clock, they're gone. They're out the door. There's no phone calls. You can't get in touch with me or nothing. That's that's a recipe for disaster. And it and works in it works in all all areas of life, not just on the job, but in right. relationships. You know, if you don't have trust in your relationship, if you don't have if you don't have trust with your kids or or family members, there's no growth. And so if you're saying, if you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm trying to grow in areas, you know, I'm trying to grow my job and trying to grow my relationships, you know, you have to ask yourself is, you know, is there an honest trust in that relationship that you're trying to grow? And if it's not, then, you know, you have to figure out how, you know, how do you work on that trust issue? Because if I don't trust you, I'm not going to depend on you. Right. Yeah. And that is absolutely a recipe for disaster. If there's no trust, Mm -hmm. Uh, any relationship and definitely any teams, you know, you have to trust the leader and the leader has to trust their team to, to provide the truth about results and stats and all of that, because, you know, you're reporting that, right. You're the one who's going to bat for them. And so you have to make sure that, you know, it's truthful and, and that what you're saying is truthful. Um, so we're running out of time, but what would you say, um, how do you make sure that you maintain mental health, like good me- balance mental, and you're not overworked because IT, you know, you can work like 80 yeah. hours and still never get anything done. Um, to for the audience, what would you say to give them some advice on uh, balancing mental health and, and your career? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm a very strong woman of God. And I, I, and I, I just have to say that, right. The one thing that I have to, that I do is not to lose focus and not to lose hope. And what I mean when I say not to lose my focus is not get, not get so wrapped up in what's going on on the new, in the news and on social media, because if you allow to allow yourself to get consumed with all of the negativity, it, ex, it affects your mental health. So you have to stay laser focused on, on yourself in, in terms of your well-being and what, whatever that is. It could be meditating. It could be going to the gym. One of the things that I did during the pandemic and I still do now is that I went for long walks because I found that walking helped me mentally. And there were days where I struggled like with every, everyone else. But I went out and I walked and I just let it all go and not be consumed about what was going on so much around me. And another thing is that you don't want to lose hope because the moment you lose hope is you, you kind of, you give up. You can't lose your hope. No matter what you do, keep trusting, keep uh, focusing on yourself, focusing on, you know, if you, if you pray, you, you know, focus on that. You know, if you a person that meditate, you focus on that, spend time for yourself basically is what I'm saying. Allow yourself some time where you could just detox, detox from all of the negativity, detox from what's going on in your personal life at work, and just focus just focus 10, 15 minutes on yourself. And I do that by just going on walks. Sometimes I walk for a half hour, and when I come back, it's like medicine to my soul because I feel a little bit of the weight that's left off of me. But you have to stay focused. Don't get tangled up in all of the craziness that's going on because the minute you do, you lose yourself. You become, Absolutely. you become involved in someone else's mess. So stay focused Absolutely. on it. Yeah. Great, great advice. You know, it's definitely, um, 
take care of yourself first. Great. You know, you have, you have to make yourself a priority. And if you can't, if you can't be alone, um, then there's probably some help that that's needed to make sure that, because you have to like yourself, you have to like your own company. Absolutely. Um, if you, and if you struggle with that and you're doing busy work just to kind of get away, you know, for distraction, then there's probably something underneath that needs a little bit of work. So reach out for help and, um, and uh, you know, that could be a goal for you. So, well, thank you, Joseph. Where can people find you? So I am on LinkedIn. You could find me by just searching Joseph Ishman. I just actually just recently deactivated Twitter and deactivated, um, what is the other one? Instagram. So I'm not on those two platforms, but. Good for you. Yeah, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Search, search my name. I, I get a lot of searches every day and you could just message me and um, I will respond. I may not respond to you right away, but I will respond to your message. Great. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bro. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.